This is Dan Wilson Uncancelled. Let's go. Welcome back. It's another seismic night in British politics as Boris Johnson fights to stay in power amid a treacherous and short-sighted Tory revolt that has seen 42 government resignations so far. I'm delighted to be joined by the PM's father, a regular superstar panellist on this show, Stanley Johnson, live in the studio now for an exclusive interview. So, Stanley, so much to unpack here. First, I want to get your reaction to this breaking news tonight that uh, Boris has sacked Michael Gove after he told your son to resign earlier today. Well, as I think one of your panellists earlier today said, revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> and I can remember that moment in 2016 when... We all can, yeah. Gove wielded the knife... I remember saying on telly somewhere, et to gove, et to gove. Well, for me, it's the most extraordinary day because I'm looking at the Conservative Party, and I've been a Conservative most of my life, and it's tearing itself apart in a fit of madness, complete, complete and utter madness. And you say to yourself, where will it end? I mean, where will it end? And it can only end, I think, in... In, in, unless the Conservative Party comes to its senses and realises it's going down the wrong route, it'll, it'll end in a fight and the fight will be done. Well, the fight back has started tonight, as far as I can tell, Stanley, because Boris is, is quite rightly saying uh, I was conclusively backed in this confidence vote just three weeks ago. I'm not going anywhere. He's right. Uh, so I, 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 I would put some money on it. And that is that if there is a fight... And by the way, it's not, it's not Boris who is choosing to fight. Mm. It's, the, it's the parliamentary party, which is concerned. But if there is a fight, he will go down to the wire. And I think that people in the party tonight need to consider very, very carefully indeed. Do they really want to go down this route? Do they really want to force a second vote? Do they want to do that? Are they sure they want to do that? Because for my money, it actually, you know, justice... It's a matter of justice. Mm. Justice is on Boris's side. It just has to be. And I'm not here, as you can imagine, to misquote Mark Anthony, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to, to bury. I'm, I'm here to, to praise Boris, not to, yeah. not to bury him. But I think if you look at it, if you look at the facts, the achievements have been extraordinary. There have been Brexit, whatever you think, Brexit was done. There's been COVID, whatever you think of that, COVID was done. There's Ukraine, and for my money, you know, there's been the environment biodiversity, climate change. These are big issues. And what are, they, what are we doing? We're derailing the man who has led all that for what appears to be completely inconsequential reasons. I mean, if you actually look at the facts, the only fact is that, yes, for 20 minutes, Boris had a drink mm. on what happened to be his birthday. As far as I know, he has not been um, proved to have deliberately misled Parliament. That is not. That is, that might be a resigning matter, but that hasn't happened. So we have a whole lot of other sort of hearsay stuff, which is basically nonsense, real nonsense. I think the party, the parliamentary party, needs to pull itself together. Do you agree with me that this has been a Westminster witch hunt? I love that phrase. You use that in your introduction. Mm. Westminster witch hunt. I would have used another phrase, because I'm a bit of an environmentalist. I would have said, feeding frenzy. Mm. I look at this and I think... My God, you look at you look at and you you played a clip of Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr saying, "Wow, he's got to go now." Yeah. Well, I think you made the point that 
you know, he's meant to still be an objective reporter and so on and so forth. This has been a feeding frenzy. And the sooner they snap out of it, the more chance there is of the Tories surviving as a political party. Well, of course, because Boris Johnson has never lost an election. And there's a lot of people within the Tory base, Stanley, I I speak to them on a daily basis, who say, if the party forces Boris Johnson out in this way, I will never vote again. I mean, you've got to remember, there are a lot of people on those red wall seats who simply didn't used to vote at all before Brexit. And it was Boris that got them to the ballot box. I I agree with you completely. And I'm not a... I'm not a constitutionalist uh, at all. But nonetheless, I have some sympathy with, with Boris's view that why should he, the, the duly elected prime minister who pointed out with a large majority, 80, 80 majority, why should he, as it were, re- resign on the basis of some truly inconsequential matters uh, as a result of some in, internal manoeuvring in the Tory party? I mean, I think that there's a... There will be people out there in the country, and let's hope they're the people, the kind of people who watch your program, who will say, come on, folks, is this just? Are we seeing real justice here? And I think not. And by the way, what I will not accept, and I say that obviously as the father, I hate the language which people are using. They toss off these words, integrity, probity, moral compass, lying. It's all. I, I wouldn't dream of using that sort of words to people, unless I had solid solid grounds for saying so. Obviously, there have been missteps along the way. Uh, We acknowledge that. But I I, I think Boris owned up to them, didn't he? He he apologised for the Chris Pincher uh, scandal, for example. Because in reality, Stanley, I think you can probably admit it wasn't a wise idea to to promote that bloke, given his track record. Yeah, but you've got to say to yourself, I mean, I do from time to time, without giving any secrets away, go to number 10 Downing. Mm. I do see the intense pressure, which they... I mean, I actually... I say, if I go, I say, for heaven's sake, don't spend more than five minutes with me. You've got many, many other things to do. Yeah. Well, the idea that the Prime Minister can absorb and take in and remember three years on every single briefing which he is given... Now, take the pincher thing. Take the pincher thing. I actually did read McDonald's, McDonald's, mm. McDonald's letter. There's no evidence there that McDonald's in person actually went to the Prime Minister and said, these are the results of the, of the, uh, of the investigation. You really take it very, very seriously. I don't see that in the McDonald letter. I see that the Prime Minister was informed. OK, they may have been at the top of a red box, may have been at the bottom of a red box. So let's be realistic here. There's no reason why the, power, why the Prime Minister should know whose hand is in whose crotch. Let's face it, let's face it. How disloyal uh, were Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid yesterday? Because if you look at both men they owe their entire political careers to Boris Johnson, and now they've tried to end his. No, I'm not going to get down there. Having, having started my tirade... You respect them. Having started my tirade saying the Tory party has to stop tearing itself apart, I'm not going to start... You won't criticise ...slagging off uh, Ricky Sunak or, or Sajid Javid. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but I think they really will have to realise... I have a sort of sense that the 22 committee might just have realised this evening that they're going down a very, very dangerous road. Mm. And where they because decide... they have decided not to change Yeah, that's what I mean. I just think maybe a little light, a little warning light came upon them, that the fight, and Boris will make it a fight, the fight may end up by being more painful than they realise. So is there anything, Stanley, that could make Boris resign? 
I don't see it. I absolutely don't see it. Um, if he obviously lost, uh, lost a general election, you know, he, would, he would resign as prime minister. I suspect he'd resign as leader of the Tory party because that's what leaders who, who lose elections do. But I can't see anything, anything but before that. And he's still got a lot of supporters too. I mean, if you look at the, the, the cabinet big beast, I mean, yes, Sunak and Javid went, but yesterday there was an expectation that this was going to see the dam burst open. But in fact, Liz Truss still in post, uh, Ben Wallace still in post, Pretty Patel still in post. I mean, these are serious, well, serious, you, serious I, figures. I, I sit here this evening and I'm honestly really thrilled to be invited on your programme this evening. Last time I was, I was invited almost to promote one of my novels. Well, now <laughs> I can promote something really serious, which is this wonderful Conservative Party, which we have and which thinks, which thinks that by picking on this gentleman, who is probably more talented than we've had for a very long time uh, in, 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 in this position, by picking on him, they will then find someone to replace him who will be able to do what he has done. And, of course, I am you know, a party pre. I mean, I don't deny it. I mean, I am. Tonight, I'm still the father of the Prime Minister. Even if he ceases to be the Prime Minister, I'll still be his father. So I'll still be, you know, still be taking his side. But this is a very, very crucial moment. And I think your programme tonight may be when the tide begins to turn back into, into a sense of reality. <laughs> Brendan O'Neill is tonight's outsider. And breaking tonight, the number of government resignations has risen to 42, with Danny Kruger resigning as Parliamentary Private Secretary for the Department of Levelling Up Housing and Communities, following the sacking of Levelling Up Secretary himself, Michael Gove. This mass exodus was, of course, sparked by Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid yesterday. The latter today, uh, this afternoon, MPs, his opportunistic resignation from government was offered to protect his own integrity as he launched a savage personal attack on Boris Johnson. Treading the tightrope between loyalty and integrity has become impossible in recent months. And Mr Speaker, I will never risk losing my integrity. And at some point, we have to conclude that enough is enough. I believe that point is now. I have concluded that the problem starts at the top and I believe that is not going to change. And that's means that it is for those of us in a position who have responsibility to make that change. Before Boris became Prime Minister, we'd lost our majority under Mrs May. Parliament was overturning the will of the British people in the referendum. Why? Be very careful about bringing down a Prime Minister who won a very personal mandate from the British people in 2019. So that was Northern Ireland Minister Connor Burns, who had a stark warning for Tory rebels trying to undemocratically out the Prime Minister who won such a personal mandate. I think he's right. You know, Boris had an 80-seat majority to deliver Brexit, which he did. But if he's forced out, our freedom from EU shackles could be under serious threat, especially when you consider Ramones like Jeremy Hunt and Tom Tugendhat could well replace him inside number 10. If he goes, or worse, a Labour SNP, Lib Dem, Coalition of Chaos. Brendan O'Neill, we could be in for a real battle for Brexit here, couldn't we? 
Absolutely. And it is absolutely essential that the next prime minister is a Brexiteer. There is no question about that at all in my mind. It's, it's really, really important. And I think the thing to bear in mind is if, the, if Boris goes and he is replaced even temporarily by a Remainer Conservative leader, that will essentially be a coup. That will be a coup where the person voted in by 14 million people to get Brexit done could potentially be replaced by a Tory leader who wants essentially to undo Brexit or to weaken Brexit. That would be undemocratic. And we have to be incredibly careful to guard against that kind of scenario. I think Boris has made lots of mistakes, and I'm sure lots of the 14 million people who voted for him are disappointed. But I think Connor Burns makes a very strong point that the Tory uh, rebels need to be very careful about ousting someone who was elected so enthusiastically by the demos in this country. Brendan O'Neill, is that actually the politicians are very dishonest uh, when it comes to their true feelings about Brexit, but we have seen some Ramonas reveal their true intentions. So, for example, in my digest, I quoted Michael Heseltine, you know, who says, the cancer at the heart of this dilemma is Brexit. If Boris goes, Brexit goes. Then you've got Andrew Adonis, chair of the European movement, who says that actually uh, Boris going is an opportunity to, quote, reopen the conversation about our relationship with Europe. So, I do not believe the likes of Starmer when he says that Ramonas have given up on overturning Brexit. In fact, I think they see Boris going as an opportunity to do just that. Absolutely. I have no doubt about that in my mind at all. I think lots of people are openly saying if Boris goes, Brexit goes. Other people are definitely thinking that. And that's what a lot of them want. They think that Boris single-handedly represents Brexit, and if he's weakened, then Brexit can be weakened. They forget about the 17.4 million people who voted for Brexit, which was the largest democratic bloc in the history of this country, and they annoy those people at their peril. And, you know, we know for a fact that there are significant sections of the political class and the media class who would like to overturn Brexit, who think we were stupid idiots to vote for it and would like to put us back in our place. And that's one of the reasons I'm worried about what comes after Boris. There may come a point when he just has to go. That's a decision he will have to make for himself in the coming days or weeks. But what comes next? That's the question. It's got to be something that reflects public opinion, reflects the 2016 vote, and is not just another Ramona coup by people who want to betray the electorate. Well, I know, Brenda, but the problem is that's very unlikely, I think, if Boris goes, because remember, it means the blob has won, the Ramona elite have won, the political establishment have won. And, and that's why I think it's so important, personally, uh, that Boris doesn't give up without a fight. Yeah, and I think, actually, what he's doing over the past 24 hours, I can't work out if it is absolutely crazy or genius, because he's really <laughs> whole, he's, he's sticking to his guns, yeah. he's refusing to leave, he's, he's sacking people now who say that he must resign. Mm. I think it's possible that sections of the public could admire that fighting, admire admire that fighting spirit and see I that it actually it. could be a positive sign about what Boris represents. Indeed. Brendan O'Neill, fascinating analysis as ever. Thank you so much. One woman who knows a thing or two about the inner politics of the party is our Anne Whittaker, who left the Tories for Nigel Farage's Brexit party in 2019 and what she called a, quote, very loud warning shot. 
So, Anne Whittacombe, huge amount going on tonight. Let me get your reaction first to this breaking news that Michael Gove has been sacked as levelling up secretary because he called for Boris Johnson to go as PM earlier today. Well, Boris Gove, ha sorry, Boris Gove, Michael Gove has a record of treachery. Uh, he stabbed Boris in the back and gave us Theresa May as a result. Boris forgave all of that, brought him back into the cabinet. Now he's offered it again and uh, openly deserting the prime minister. So I think the prime minister's reaction, reaction is correct. Now, let me say this. I am not, as you well know, a total fan of Boris. Uh, I strongly disapprove um, of the Northern Ireland deal. I strongly disapprove uh, of how he treated the Afghan interpreters, which is to say he just forgot about them. But nevertheless, what I don't believe is, I don't believe that he is a serial liar. I think he's a serial blunderer. It's Boris and Blunderland, quite honestly, the whole time. Uh, and what happens is he's got nobody in Downing Street to say, keep quiet, Prime Minister, until we've worked out exactly what the background to this is, uh, and then we can make a statement. He says things, then, like most of us, he realises that perhaps... You know, there was a qualification he should have made, so he makes it, and then he makes another one. Whereas if he'd stopped, if there was somebody there that he said, shut up, Prime Minister, while we thought this out, if he stopped, then the first statement he made would be the accurate one. Now, he's not going to change. I know Boris well. He's completely mm. chaotic. That is the point to be remembered. And as long as he's got somebody there with a grip, as he had when he was Mayor of London, as he had at the start with Dominic Cummings, as long as he's got somebody there with a grip, it's OK. But just leave him alone. And, I mean, it's what Anton used to say to me during Strictly Come Dancing. He used to say, the problem is, once I let go of you, I never know what's going to happen by the time you come back. <laughs> oh, what a great analogy. Uh, so, look, what's going to happen, though? What's going to happen? Because there's all of these resignations and Boris is staying put in number 10, saying he's not going anywhere. And he's sort of called the bluff of, of, of the uh, 1922 committee who decided not to change the rules earlier today. Well, he's actually showing the determination that, that is the old Boris uh, and which we haven't seen much of. Uh, but he's got to do... I, I mean, I, there's one big reason why I don't want him to go. It's not as I say that I'm a mad fan of Boris. I'm not. But the one big reason I don't want him to go is the country's uh, heading for a recession. You've got a massive cost of living crisis. There's a war in Ukraine, and he's playing a very big part on the world stage. There's a war in Ukraine. Um, there are many things to be sorted out, not least Northern Ireland. Uh, and this is not the time to say to the country, and mind the party, to say to the country, we're going to plunge you into weeks and probably months of prolonged Tory infighting while we have this leadership election. This is not the moment. You need stability. But in order to get that stability, you need somebody also giving Boris stability. And at the moment, there's nobody there doing that. Nobody. Is there enough talent uh, within the Tory backbenchers, Anne, who can be promoted into these ministerial roles? I mean, we're now looking oh, for I a levelling up secretary, for example. Yeah, I think so, because, I mean, don't forget, you know, he's got a huge majority. He's got a very large number of people there. Um, and he's filled the main posts. He filled the cabinet posts. Uh, so I think, yes, I mean, that is possible. Um, but I do say, and, and but I can't say it often enough, Unless he can do very quickly, I mean, it's not weeks, he hasn't got weeks. Unless he can, within the next few days, make an appointment in Downing Street and say, this person will get grip and will eliminate chaos. That's what I want to see in Downing Street, a chaos eliminator. Uh, if, you know, if he can do that, then I think he's got half a chance. But at the moment, 
He's hanging by a thread and we all know it and he knows it. Well, Samantha Cohen has been promoted to replace Steve Barclay, sort of running the show at Number 10 Downing Street. She used to run the royal operations, by all accounts, not someone who we know in the public, but by all accounts, a good behind-the-scenes figure. Maybe she's the woman to do it, Anne. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but whatever happens, that grip has got to become manifest very, very soon. Yeah. I mean, very yeah. soon indeed. Um, yeah, he's got a week, doesn't he? He's got a week, moment, maybe a day. There's no... There's no obvious leader in waiting and the Tories are just poised to lose the next election if they go on like this. I'm with you there. Anne Whittaker, thank you so much. Dan Wooden here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more newsmaking interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Wooden tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.